Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. I'm Mary Jo, your host, and I'm back with another episode this week all about lean PCOS. So this is something I see a lot with my um, own clients and I suppose I'd be considered to have lean PCOS myself. So it's something that I get a lot of questions about and it can confuse a lot of people and even medical professionals believe that they can say someone doesn't have PCOS because they are lean, for example. So um, we'll go into that in a moment and go into that in more detail and um, I suppose go through what can you do if you are in the lean PCOS type. Um, before I go through that, uh, just to remind you of some of the resources that you can get through my website if you are someone who has PCOS. Um, so whether you are um, newly diagnosed or have PCOS a while, I have a PCOS masterclass on my website for $19.99. Um, I will leave the links below, which really uh, goes through the five areas that need to be looked at before, um, you know, to make any changes firstly before you go down any other route really um, or drastic route I guess which a lot of people do um, and it's really the basic areas which I see the biggest changes in when they are continued to be carried out and done consistently um, so definitely take a look at that it's about an hour long and um, it does include some Q&A from clients at the end as well um, there's also the Know Your Flow Masterclass, which is more about understanding the cycle, uh, understanding training and nutrition requirements for your your around your menstrual cycle. It does touch on coming off the pill as well, and you can get that for free on my um, website too. And then I finally have some spaces for my group coaching for PCOS um, women. So this is perfect for you if you would like to be part of the community or sick of you know, trying to figure it out yourself or being told about going on various different diets to manage your PCOS. You want to get control of it without feeling overwhelmed um, and you really want to feel you're making progress with your health, whether that's fertility um, or you've got excess antigen, so you've got hair growth or weight loss, whatever your symptoms are, um, you know, management of it is pretty much across the board for every every type of symptom. So um, that's what I help you do. So I coach you on that, give you resources, access to a members area and you're part of a community as well. Um, so if that's something you're interested in as well, I leave a link to an inquiry form below so you can sign up to that and I will get in touch with you then. But on this week's episode, as I said, I'm going to talk about lean PCOS. So this can confuse a lot of people because um, it has been, um, I guess, there's a stigma with PCOS that you need to be overweight, that you need to um, have issues with weight loss in order to have it. And I often see this with my clients who would go to get a diagnosis. They may not be um, in the overweight BMI category and therefore they're 
medical professional would have said to them, oh no, well you, you can't have PCOS because you are not overweight. So it mustn't be that. Um, here's the pill to regulate your cycle anyway, and come back when you want to get pregnant. And, you know, that's quite a common phenomenon to happen. Um, and it's quite, it's a, it's a form of gaslighting where it's just their, their symptoms aren't being taken on board. Um, and it's just, it's also just lack of care. They're not looking into the latest research so that you do not have to be overweight in order to have PCOS. So uh, in lean PCOS, there is similar clin- clinical presentations. So irregular periods, uh, excess hair growth, uh, there may be darkened skin patches, maybe around the thighs, back of the neck, under arms, and um, thickened endometrial linings. So basically the uterus, there's uh, thickened linings, but maybe there's, um, you're not bleeding that regularly and it gets quite thick. That's what can happen. Um, and there can be similar hormonal profiles too. So LH, so your luteinizing hormone to follicle stimulant, follicle sti- stimulating hormone ratio can be similar um, to lean and overweight. And uh, there may be elevated testosterone and elevated luteinizing hormone as well. So there can be similar, um, prem, sorry, presentations and hormonal profiles in both. Sorry. So, um. The issue is then is where is the difference and um, what to do about it. So with PCOS in general, and this is important just to be aware of, there is some degree of insulin resistance, um, whether you're overweight or lean. And this is where the the, the issue is and where if you're the what again insulin resistance is only thought to be considered uh, prevalent in women who have who are overweight or are leading to type 2 diabetes this is not necessarily the case and the research shows that um it is prevalent in both lean and overweight women so it can manifest differently but in uh, lean women and a, a, a systematic review was carried out looking at um women who were lean and women who were overweight and a systematic review collates all the studies that are out there and does a review on all of them and takes all the data into on board so it's kind of the gold standard of studies um in terms of evidence-based um studies out there so um in lean PCOS it was found that insulin resistant was prevalent in 83.3% of women and it was versus 93.1% of women in overweight and um, PCOS. So it's prevalent in both a higher degree in overweight women, but it's still prevalent in women who are not overweight, essentially. So um, this is just really, really important to be aware of because insulin resistance is the main driver of all of your PCOS symptoms it's the reason why you do not ovulate regularly and it's the reason why there's excess hair growth and it drives inflammation as well so it's a massive driver for most if not all of symptoms to do with PCOS so it's quite difficult to get a diagnosis of insulin resistance so uh, blood sugar or blood glucose is not significant enough or not a test for uh, insulin resistance so you do need one of the following you need a fasting insulin test you need a insulin resistance index test or an insulin glucose challenge test um, also called an insulin assay with oral glucose test or glucose tolerance test 
with insulin. So this is going to test your hormone insulin when it's fasting. And um, this can pick up then if you've got severe insulin. And then to detect milder insulin resistance, you need the more sensitive insulin glucose challenge test. Um, So this is really, really helpful and important to know because you can go into your GP and you'll just get your blood sugars tested and you're told, oh no, you're fine. And even I've seen this with um, a lot of my overweight clients as well who go in and just get their blood sugars tested and are so they're fine. But this isn't a sensitive enough test or it's not picking up insulin. uh, So to know if you're actually um, insulin resistant. Okay, so really, really important that you're getting the right tests in order to quantify and, and determine if you are on that insulin degree or insulin resistance and um, degree at all and the 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 rate may be different you may not be as severe in you know maybe if you're lean or overweight and vice versa but um it doesn't matter if there is some level or some degree of insulin resistance going on the management of that and treating that is going to be what actually reduces your symptoms and makes it more a manageable lifestyle condition rather than a medical condition that's slowly looking at the ovaries so that is just something to really bear in mind and and the key thing to pay attention to so while um there may be, you know, differences um, in, in treatment in the medical professional world between lean PCOS and overweight. Um, really, the way I would approach it would be pretty similar. It is the lifestyle changes that are needed to be made are pretty similar. Um, it's understanding the degree of insulin resistance is really, really helpful. And um, it's not segregating the two that much. It's still a, a hormonal an endocrine issue so your hormone the clinical presentation they're there like a regular periods like i said excess hair growth and then the hormone profiles are pretty similar so you have um, an imbalance lh to fsh ratio and higher testosterone levels and then the degree of insulin resistance is most likely there it's just not being picked up on a normal blood sugar level test that you get in your your gp so that's just something to pay attention to and i find that even if i don't understand know the degree of insulin resistance by treating that and management managing that it helps to reverse pcos it helps to reverse the symptoms so um this is just a study that was carried out again and it showed that investigations of metabolic abnormalities in patients with pcos revealed significantly higher plasma insulin levels two hours after glucose was given to women in the lean subgroup compared with lean controls so these were the lean controls would be those without pcos so again this is showing that they had a higher degree of insulin higher levels of insulin and then showing that they have more insulin resistance uh, also ldl which is the cholesterol the bad cholesterol as such and total cholesterol were also significantly higher in women with lean pcos versus women without pcos so this is just really really um again showing that although that you may be not in the overweight category you can still have metabolic abnormalities so metabolic abnormalities will take into consideration cholesterol levels blood pressure uh, insulin resistance things like that so um they can still be um not in range or not at the healthy range even if you are in the lean range or underweight or not overweight so um that's basically highlighting um how PCOS can be 
get misdiagnosed in women who are not overweight and that the management of it of lean PCOS is not that different than overweight women and I'll go through that in a moment in lean PCOS you may be have more inflammation going on so inflammation is a driver of PCOS and um, this can really stem from imbalanced gut health or gut dysbiosis so an imbalance in gut uh, good bacteria to friendly bacteria or bad bacteria sorry so you may have more bad or unfriendly bacteria and less friendly bacteria and this is not ideal and when the gut environment is like this um this can make for conditions that are more inflammatory and drive inflammation so there's different reasons why this may have occurred over the years and uh, some it could be food sensitivities intolerance to foods and um, poor digestive health low stomach acid high stress and uh, poor diet and um, so with lean PS, PCOS, it is common to see more inflammatory issues like um, psoriasis, eczema, uh, acne, digestive issues like bloating, constipation, diarrhea, IBS, um, joint pain, maybe um, fatigue, headaches, sinusitis, earaches, ear infections, throat infections, things like that. So if this is something you get quite a lot, so if you're always getting a head cold and sinus infections and ear infections, or you get flares of psoriasis or eczema, uh, you have joint pain a lot, and um, you're constantly fatigued and getting headaches, this may be a sign that you are more in the inflammatory spectrum of PCOS. Um, so this is quite common in lean PCOS because they, they may not have the higher levels of insulin resistance. It most likely is still there, but may not be to the higher level of uh, high, high degrees that it would be an overweight. And it is, um, there may be other factors driving your PCOS like inflammation. So management of inflammation is hugely important for all types of PCOS anyway, because it's going to occur in overweight too. And if you have insulin resistance, insulin resistance is also a driver of inflammation. So you're kind of seeing they're all connected in some degree. So that's why I don't get too bogged down with types of PCOS, because when you do, you're putting yourself into a box. Whereas what I've seen that in most in, in, in PCOS, you kind of touch most of them. You just may have higher degrees of one than the other. So in lean PCOS, for example, you may not have a, a really high degree of insulin resistance, but it's most likely there. And you may have more uh, degrees of inflammation and, and inflammatory conditions. Whereas in overweight PCOS, you may have higher degrees of insulin resistance and some degree of inflammation, but may not be as severe um, or as much as it would be in lean PCOS. So hopefully that is making sense, but really management is still pretty much the same. With inflammatory PCOS, and if that's something that you've got, it is important to look at your digestive health and your gut health. So um, identifying maybe what are the, the issues that are causing you to have a lot of gut issues like IBS and constipation and diarrhea. Looking at stress management to support your uh, gut-brain connection, that's hugely linked with supporting um, digestive issues. Um, an anti-inflammatory diet is going to be hugely beneficial for you. So a Mediterranean-style diet that's personalized to you. So the likes of more oily fish, fatty fish, um, good classic olive oil, olives, coconut oil, some real butter, um, good quality dairy. If you can tolerate dairy, uh, it may not be something that you can tolerate, particularly at the beginning of managing it. But the goal is that you get to be able to manage it. Um, 
and more fruits and vegetables. So this is goes without saying for both types of PCOS, uh, insulin resistance and inflammatory PCOS. And whether you're lean or overweight, fruits and vegetables are so, so important because of the fiber content, the anti-inflammatory components and antioxidant components. And they're going to help with all types of your PCOS, basically. So really important that you're getting lots of fruits and vegetables in your diet and um, regardless of your type and regardless if you're overweight or lean so that would be the number one thing to say to you so start from where you are at the moment and um, you know if you don't have much at, at breakfast so if you have a savory breakfast have uh, some spinach or tomatoes or peppers or mushrooms or courgettes and um, or if you have a sweet breakfast like oats or pancakes have some berries and um, thrown into your um your breakfast basically so whether frozen or fresh doesn't matter berries are amazing they're so powerful for antioxidants and anti-inflammatory benefits and really really nutritious and a good a good source of fiber too and um, so they will be that will be start from where you are there then start to add in more at lunch and dinner too so ideally trying to have different colors and um, and maybe two to three portions at each meal so you really want to be up in your intake like the recommended intake for the general population is five per day I would say seven to ten per day is where you want to be going towards when it comes to your fruit and vegetable intake so around seven fruit seven veg three fruit would be the ideal scenario but working your way towards that meet yourself where you're at at the moment if you're only taking three veg per day at the moment work on getting four or five and then work on getting two to three portions of fruit in and so starting like that and that's a really really helpful way of getting um, on top of reducing inflammation managing managing insulin resistance and supporting your PCOS because it not only helps without those because they have anti-inflammatory properties fiber and antioxidant properties but also they are uh, satiation they're nourishing they're going to fill you up you're going to eat less processed food when you're eating more vegetables and more fruit so they take place of um snacks that may not be as nutritious and more processed so that's that's just some of the benefits and some of the, some of the uh, reasons why to include more fruit and veg into your diet um looking at your sugar intake then it's going to be really important no matter what if you got lean or uh, overweight PCOS because you still have that insulin resistance so you want to be managing your sugar intake and not taking high amounts from uh, syrups and sodas or coke or fizzy drinks whatever uh, lots of alcohol lots of pastries and breads and cakes and chocolate and sweets and general foods that have high amounts of sugar in them so managing them not having huge amounts of those in your diet so these are going to be converted to glucose very fast in the bloodstream and it this this just requires more insulin to be pumped out and because your cells are not responding very well to insulin this means then that you're um going to have higher levels of insulin and higher sugar levels in your bloodstream which cause the impact which cause things like um an ovulatory cycle so blocks your ability to ovulate raises androgens like uh, testosterone which causes hair growth and causes fat storage if you're overweight and if you're not it can still lead to all those symptoms like irregular periods and excess hair growth and uh, menstrual disturbances in general so 
really looking out for your sugar intake this doesn't mean you have to cut out sugar completely it just means you have to be more uh, wise about your choices and switch to more high fiber carbohydrates so instead of having uh, white bread all the time switching to maybe a rye bread or a spelt bread or a good quality sourdough bread um, and combining then your carbs in general with a protein so when we include protein with a carbohydrate it slows down the breakdown of the carb into sugars so it's not being released as fast into the bloodstream and therefore then we're not requiring the same amount of insulin to be pumped into the bloodstream so the combination of a protein and a high fiber carb is the ideal scenario for managing your PCOS and this is what I educate a lot on in my PCOS group coaching and I go through a lot in detail how to do this meal examples um, and go through clients food diaries to help them have a good idea of um, if they're on the right track or I talk to them about what they could do differently to make it a more PCOS balanced meal as such. So it's called a blood sugar balanced meal. Basically, it has protein and a high fiber carbohydrate. So an example would be a chicken breast or a salmon fillet or um, a piece of steak or some eggs they'd be your protein sources and then combining that with a high fiber carb like quinoa sweet potato um, a high fiber bread like a sourdough rye bread rye bread spelt bread oat bread for example and um, so combining your protein with carbs like that and that really helps because it's got more fiber it's going to support better digestion it's going to slowly release blood uh, sugar into your system not at a high level and um, which is much more tolerable and easier for the body to manage and um, it's not going to wreak havoc then on your hormonal system um, in general so a really good lifestyle management tip is to make your meals more blood sugar balanced then other, the other management tip for lean PCOS and overweight PCOS would be myonositol. So studies have shown that myonositol is really, really beneficial in women with lean PCOS. So uh, three grams per day has been shown to be very effective. So one and a half grams in the morning, one and a half grams in the evening. And this can help to um, make your cells more sensitive to insulin so that you use your sugar more effectively and the way you should use it so you're not having high sugar levels and high insulin levels in the in the body and therefore you're reducing all of your PCOS symptoms you're regulating your period you're lowering your androgens um and yeah moving into the direction of reversing it so this is a really really helpful supplement it is thought that women with PCOS have lower levels of inositol and myonositol in their in their system so taking a supplement may be really really um beneficial and, and helpful in order to manage it so um basically to sum up you can have PCOS even if you're in the lean category or not in the overweight category uh, you can still have the same clinical um, presentations like I said like irregular periods um, excess hair growth or acne darkened skin patches uh, issues with fertility um, and similar hormonal profiles like your LH to FSH ratio higher LH levels higher testosterone uh, lower SHBG which is sex hormone binding globulin protein and its job is to mop up 
testosterone. So you may have similar hormonal profiles um, and also insulin resistance, most importantly, can also and is also prevalent. Uh, it's just about finding out uh, or diet, getting that diagnosed properly through the right testing and um, being aware that it may not be as high in if it's in a lean person versus an overweight person but it's still there and needs to be managed and management of that is going to help with your all of your symptoms so the hormonal symptoms may be more severe in overweight pcos women and uh, like excess androgens and menstrual dysfunction and uh, you may there, there may be more prevalence of likes of type 2 diabetes in overweight women with pcos so they need to be managed really really importantly and you know Get, get straight on it because these leads to more chronic health conditions but this isn't to say that those issues are not there in lean women either and it needs to be managed to look at their insulin resistance and um, most importantly and the ma- metabolic abnormalities that occur in lean women with PCOS so hopefully that clears that up you can have PCOS and lean um, and be in a lean body and you can have um pcos in an overweight body so it can be there in both and management is not too different and um, it's just so so important that you're establishing your degree of insulin resistance um, and starting to make lifestyle changes and um, like blood sugar balance like adding more fruit and vegetables more anti-inflammatory foods and uh, taking myonositol to help reverse the uh, insulin resistance and make yourselves more insulin sensitive all of these changes are going to have such a positive and it's a really proactive effect and um, step in the right direction to reversing your PCOS I work on this more with my clients on a more personal level in their group coaching and um, so this is something that you'd like to really really work on it sounds like you might fit into this kind of area then um fill out the inquiry form that I will link below in the show notes so that you can get started and I will get in touch with you but for now that is this week's episode I hope that was helpful for everyone and uh, who might think they're in the lean category um, and yeah it's just something to, to bear in mind not to completely and uh, disregard that you have lean PCOS um, or PCOS sorry even if you are in a lean body and regardless of before I go again but regardless of your if you're lean or overweight it is important that you rule out other conditions firstly as always in the diagnostic um, process of PCOS so like the likes of hyperprolactinemia um, uh, thyroid issues Cushing syndrome things like that important that they're also being ruled out before you get a PCOS diagnosis Okay, so I'll leave it at that before I continue rambling on and add in bits and bobs. But thank you again for listening. Hope you're enjoying the episodes and um, I will be back next week with another episode. Take care.